Let me tell you a little about AFB. We are about creating a life with no limits for people that are blind and vision impaired. And our goal is to do that with systemic change. And we are very excited to do that. And our mission is very powerful. And we are also doing that by having our Informing Connect series where we get to meet people that are examples of that. So with that introduction, I really gives me great pleasure to introduce you to Gina Harper. And she has an, a lot of different, um, a lot of titles behind her name, but she's Senior Vice President at Morgan Stanley Firm Financials. And we are and an AFB trustee. So we're very happy to have you, Gina. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm, it's a beautiful day. It's great. I'm doing great. Yes, I know you're very excited. Well, we, I just, what we're really excited to have you, you know, here having you here today. And one of the things I just loved in the advertisement that you've just really spent your life just looking at obstacles in such a different way. Can you tell us about that? Basically, I really have a can-do attitude and a woman of action attitude. And I have never really let anything get in my way. It was different when I was younger and in high school. I did feel less than because of being blind and I felt as though I would never be as good as sighted people. So I dealt, I had to deal with that. And I got really through that, through sports, going to the orientation center for the blind and learning blindness skills. And then when I was there getting introduced to all kinds of outdoor sports activities that I was never able to do and I became a world-class downhill skier. And that was the first time I felt like I could do something better than sighted people that I knew. And that, that was the beginning of the change. And so I, I do really don't view things as obstacles. I, I really view them as challenges and I'm really, I really like challenges and I, I find them fun and interesting and, and I don't mind them. No, I think you crushed them. And, and your story is just so great. And, and I, I love that, you know, because we all at the end of the day are people. And the fact that, you know, you're, you're crushing those is, is definitely a sign of, you know, living a life with no limits. Let's talk about everybody. Gina is one of two women in the United States that is at her caliber and her level of a, being a financial advisor. Do you want to talk to us about that, Gina? Um, yeah, and the one, there's a missing piece there, two blind women, two, two blind, blind women, women yes, in the yes. United States. And yeah, I have a very unique job. Uh, there's only 17% women in financial services in the first place. Then to be blind is, is the second thing. And so I do very complex financial planning and I help individuals and many of them own businesses. So I help them with their personal finances and planning and their business finances, like their retirement plans. And so it's a really unique job. It's a job where I get continuous education, like very current on what's happening in the world, um, a lot current on what's happening with taxes and things like that. So the education piece of myself, I like, and then interacting uh, with my clients is, is really meaningful. And, you know, being blind in, in this career, it, it, it does have its obstacles. So yes, but yeah. Do you want to tell us maybe about one of those obstacles? I would say uh, there's really two. One would be accessibility, access to things. And I think most blind people deal with accessibility issues. Mm -hmm. So most things at my firm, I work for Morgan Stanley. They're awesome. They, most of their systems are 
inaccessible. And a couple of years ago, they did make a commitment that would be with me kicking and screaming and pitching like the biggest fit possible to get <laughs> some change on the accessibility side of things. So now they've thought outside resources and they've made a lot of changes. The thing is, it's like draining the ocean, you know, like one cup at a time. And in, in all seriousness, it's just a yeah. huge undertaking. So they've started with things that are pretty meaningful to me. And they are now, I'd say, 70% accessible, but they weren't accessible at all. And there's a team that are very committed for a, just a piece of the business. And so that would be the first thing, trying to access things. And I really learned how to do my job by memorizing everything. And I also have assistance that I've earned, like not just because of the blindness aspect. Uh, as you get to be um, more successful in the job, then you get more assistance. So I, things that are not accessible to me, like certain reports, I should say all reports, um, I have the, a template of what I want to know from this report. And then they, they run the template for me and put all the information in an email, which is completely accessible to me. So I've just come up with a lot of workarounds. And then I um, do actually, I mean, I make outlines for myself. And like I said, I, I memorize things. So that, that would be the accessibility piece. Now, I think that you bringing up that accessibility piece is so critical and important because that is something that that we do struggle with in, in the blind community. But what I really love and what I'm hearing there is, you know, overcoming challenges. But the fact that we are, you know, people that are blind are very creative thinkers. And in the ways that you have shown that by even just how you've you've climbed the ladder and, and, and you know, we've spoken before just how proud you are of that, which, you know, is, it was really just a, a beautiful thing to see. Can you, can you <laughs> talk to us a little bit about, you know, the highlights or, or one of those challenges that you did overcome as far as making something accessible? What, you know, how you treated that, how you maneuvered to say, I know you said kicking and streaming, but truly there, there's a value added that you bring. Can you talk to us about that? Um, I can. I want to add one piece to the last thing we were talking about, though, is Really, in the beginning, I, I mean, I think a lot of it is mindset. And I, I use, I would say there's a lot of cliches, but that are really true. Like they are true if you implement them and, and make them a part of your life and your philosophy and mindset. So in the beginning, I didn't have the attitude that everything had to be accessible. And I knew that the people I was dealing with, they didn't know how blind people would do the job. They had no clue. And so it wasn't that I just sauntered in. I went, I actually applied at Merrill Lynch and they didn't give me the time of day. I had a cane and they sent me a letter saying that I wasn't qualified, which was not the case. So in that case, it was a matter of a lot of networking. And I met a gentleman who really had faith in me. So then I had some of my own tools and I needed less tools than I need now, but I did, I did need some tools and I had some and they helped where they could, but you know, I didn't take the attitude like, the ADA attitude and that you have to, I, I didn't, I, there was no attitude. There was like, what can I do and what can you do and how can I figure this out? And I just worked endless hours on the weekends and at night and, and I did things like that. So I think it's uh, my own mindset and a, and a blind person's mindset or anybody's mindset, obviously, um, to their approach of educating the employers. And I also, I mean, there's certain rules and guidelines and not everybody's going to agree with me, but I try to tell the employer how I'm going to do my job and get them all involved. Like I show them my iPhone and how it works and I might show them JAWS. And 
I don't have to do that. There are laws that say I do not have to do that. And that's not going to get me a job. The laws are not going to get me a job. So mm -hmm. my personality and my attitude and my engaging them is going to get me a job. And of course, my skills. And so I, I think that um, was, is a, a hurdle, the beginning part, right? So yeah. just getting in the door. And then the other thing was my clients. So for the very first year, I would not meet any client in person. Cause again, I did deal with a lot of shame. That's a whole nother series. Um, <laughs> and I was embarrassed and I knew I could do the job. And the guy that I worked with uh, that hired me knew I could do the job. So I had a lot of faith in that and I worked really hard, but until I managed somebody's money for a year and did a really good job, I wouldn't meet with them. And then after I would tell them or I'd meet them in person, by then I'd done such a good job. I mean, like, what, what could they do? I mean, they're not going to fire me, right? I just did a mm -hmm. great job for them. So, so I dealt with that. And I would say you asked about something I overcame. I, I really have overcome that now. I, I really, if somebody doesn't want to hire me because I'm blind, the loss is truly theirs. And, um, and, and there's, there's people, I mean, there's some men that have a women issue and I'll just say, you know, I know more than you do about investments and you, here's what I can offer and, and, and you get to decide. And, so those are a few challenges I know that apply to everybody and that I dealt with and, and kind of what I've done about them. No, I, I, I love that because it really is, you know, I'm hearing a lot of education and we do have to educate um, and be our own ambassadors and be our own advocates. Um, I myself, when, when interviewing uh, for positions, have done the same thing, showing them, you know, and, and being assertive to say, hey, you know, do you want to ask me how I do my job or I'm, or I'm going to tell you how I'm going to, you know, instead exactly. of saying, and, and mindset is such a huge thing because really your mindset that you've developed got you downward skiing and it, it great keeps growing and growing and it, it's gotten you where you are today. So that's such a huge and the model thing. And I, and thank you for sharing that with us and telling us all how we can have our mindsets. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, you know, one thing I want to go back to is when you were first deciding, um, did you realize, think that finance was going to be your career? Oh, absolutely not. I knew nothing about finance. I had been a client of the Department of Rehabilitation, who sadly was mostly useless in my case. And they did a series of tests that said, you know, I couldn't be a gazillion things, which wasn't true. And Again, though, at that point in my life, I depended on teachers and professionals. I mean, I was young and, and I, I mean, so I just, I didn't really have the mindset like, you know, screw you, I'm going to go do something different and you don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't there yet. So mm -hmm. going to the orientation center for the blind and the sports, it really, that was pivotal. And so, um, but by then, what had happened is I had started college. I was going to go to UC Berkeley, and I got into UC Berkeley, and I had to take one prerequisite class, and I had to have eye surgery during that class. And the teacher gave me an incomplete, which is a whole nother, like, that was ridiculous. And, they, and if I knew what I knew now, they wouldn't have gotten away with it. But so I decided to do what I would call take the road less traveled. And I didn't finish college because of that one that one professor, but I did do a program where I learned how to be a, a word processor and amazing like computer skills. And that's what I thought I was going to be. And that was my first job being a word processor with dictation at a huge insurance company. And that did have a similar, like I was embarrassed when I did the interview. I really misled the woman that was interviewing me, but she was completely on to me and she knew I couldn't see very well, even though like I didn't bring my cane, I hid it. I left my dog at home. I mean, which is, so silly, right? Because I was going to show up with a dog or a cane. And anyhow, but um, 
So she did hire me, the first woman that I deceived. And then um, I didn't really deceive her though. And so what happened is from the skiing, when I won the, the race, I did a lot of public speaking and just a random stranger came up to me and said, you would be a great financial advisor. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I'd never taken a finance class, an economics class. And so through networking, I met the person that I mentioned that actually hired me in the end, just through a bunch of networking. And he trained me and it's been like onwards and upwards since that moment. That is awesome. So I'm hearing education, advocacy, employment, mindset, and live your dreams. Well, and also don't take no for an answer. Again, uh, cliches, oh, don't, it's easier said than done. No, it isn't easier said than done. It's easier done than said. If somebody tells me no, then I go ask somebody else in every aspect of my life. I've, you know, tried to do sports before and call the kayaking company. Oh, we, oh no, that's a problem. No, that, you're, that's not a problem. You're the problem. And, mm -hmm. you know, I either decide to, you know, duke it out with them or I hang up and call the next kayaking place. So, you know, there's different methodologies that I use depending on what the situation is. So it's, it's don't take no and don't get beaten down. And it's hard and to have proper expectations that it doesn't come easy and you do have to, constantly be an educator, though that can become exhausting. It's just part of life. And you will reap really good rewards by doing that. And if you don't get that job and you've educated somebody, you can only hope and you can probably bet or hope and bet that that will show up in somebody else's life, you know, that you've benefited somebody else that you just don't know who they are. No, for sure. And I agree with you completely on that. It's, it's, I think there's too many times that we, even just as people as a whole, put on our own negativity to ourselves and we let others dictate who we are and we shouldn't. And I think you're such a, this is such a prime example of that. It's just sticking to who you are. And, and moving into um, your belief of that, I want to move into the advocacy and the role that, and we just want to, you know, we are so glad to have you as, you know, a new trustee for AFB. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I've, I have really enjoyed it getting to know you because we are both in the Blind Leaders Program as mentors. And I want to talk about your, uh, you know, why you wanted to be a mentor for Blind Leaders and what it's done for you. Well, the Blind um, Leaders Mentoring Program has truly been the most favorite volunteer thing I've done. And I do a ton of volunteer work and a ton of philanthropy. And I really love the one-on-one -on -one connection. And there are lots of guidelines and principles and ideas on getting employment. I, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I do think it's a connection and a networking and that a lot of the mindset and attitude that I can share that with somebody. And if that person is open to that idea, those are the things that are going to tip them over the edge. You know, we can all sit down and kind of try to say how we're going to do our job, but it's all about your personality and a lot of things and, and, and the mindset, even though we keep saying that. So my mentor, well, I love the concept. So I've been friends with Kirk for some time and he introduced me to it. And, um, and I love the concept and it's very well organized program mm -hmm. and the matching of the, the mentors to the fellows. I have an amazing fellow and she is so open-minded and amazing means she's a sponge. Like she, and she's also super respectable. I respect her. She's, you know, brings a lot to me. I learn a lot from her, but the things I think she wants to learn from me, I'm teaching her and it's a wonderful connection between the two of us, mm -hmm. but these aren't that many 
sharing it person to person is different than reading it in a book, which again, the principles in the books are good and they are, they are the principles. However, being able to have a dialogue and, and talk about different situations. And we talk about employment and we do talk about when blindness gets in the way and other things like that. And I, I think it's a phenomenal program. And I, I also think it can reap just huge rewards for the fellows. I, I think the outcomes can be very impactful. Yes, I know when you and I were talking about um, a couple weeks ago, actually, about time is changing, but we were talking about, you know, when we were sharing ideas about mentors and, and both, and we both kind of agreed that we were learning from our mentees as well. I mean, it's yeah. just been such a, the fellows and, and them as a whole, it's, it's been, um, it's been truly unique and very, and intimate's not the word I want to lose, but it's just, it's very nice with the structure, you know, of how we're able to all collaborate. Well, yeah, I think it is a degree of like intimacy or closeness or connection, like the connectivity. And the other thing is that, that I can be really tough and super direct. And, you know, some people like that. Some people don't. I like it. And so if I need to be, which I don't need to be much with my fellow, but if I needed to be, I would be. And I, I think that the, just the way this program is set up, that that's a very doable thing. And some people might need that because they might've just had so many bad experiences or maybe not had good role models or goal, good mentors in the past. And so they come with all this baggage that's not really on them. It's not really their fault. Mm -hmm. And so you can say all the mindset you want, but if they've had a lot of these bad experiences. And so I think this program offers a lot of potential to address really very specific one-on-one -on -one things individualized to each fellow. And that, I just think it's a wonderful program. Yes. And when you had mentioned that you've done others, like done other volunteers, and this is definitely one of your favorites, what is like something that's unique about this program that you find? Well, it's incredibly well organized in that there's goals and objectives, there's monthly. So the goals and objectives fall into the monthly. And if, I mean, people could choose not to follow that, the model, but I think the model is really solid. So what is unique is how you kind of keep on pace and you keep moving forward. And if you do it right, then you don't kind of fall off track and get lost and don't, don't connect. So I think that also the, that the beginning kind of assessments where you outline the goals and objectives, that those are very accurate and very measurable. And, and so it's not just like a squishy, oh, like we like each other kind of concept. Right. There's real tangible things, skills and, and goals. Well, yeah, because we, I mean, I could definitely have seen a lot of, you know, change um, in, in an upward mobility with, with all of us, I think, uh, as yeah. the whole group. So, no, thank you for sharing that so much. Now, you guys, you guys I always know that I always ask for one tip before we go to the Q&A section, but Gina and I are talking and she has what I like, uh, I'm going to just say, she calls them Gina's gems and I, 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 we all need Gina's gems. So I'm going to ask her to share some good gems with us. Not that she hasn't already, but Gina, yeah. yes, please do. Well, some of my, my gems, I'm just going to review the quick ones that I said, and then I'll tell you the one I think to focus on. So I did say, um, you know, work hard is one. I mentioned that. And then being a woman of action or a man of action is another's genius gems. And then there's always a way. But the one that I think is really kind of thought provoking and that is super actionable, they're all thought provoking and actionable, but is the, I already mentioned the taking the road less traveled. So I really, the not going to college is a road less traveled. Just how I get things done. I just figure it out. I figure out my way. And it may 
be a different way than, it's pretty much for sure probably going to be a different way than somebody else's. So, so to be open to that when you approach something, if the standard way you think it's going to work isn't going to really work that way, to just don't even give it a second thought. Just say, how am I, how am I going to figure it out? Or reach out to other people you know that might have figured it out before you or people that you admire that really can give you insight and that I think you'll accomplish a lot and it'll be less effortless. I mean, it'll be more effortless is what I want to say. It'll be more effortless because it's the way that works for you in a way that's doable to you. So that would be my, my genus gem or my tip. I think that is an incredible tip to move into the question and answer. Gina, thank you so much for sharing your story, both personally, professionally, and um, we welcome you so much to you as an AFE trustee and, and that as well. And I'm seeing good things to come. Susan, do we have questions to start with for Gina? Chat is open, you guys. So if you have a question, go ahead and send those in. So we're still waiting on them right now. Melody. Okay. So Gina, I have a question uh, that will go ahead while we're while we're that doesn't in. surprise me, Mel. <laughs> yes. I love well, that. That's yes. why I was nervous. Yes. <laughs> I know you have a lot to say that's great too. No, I, I love that we uh we have this connection in so many yep. ways. That makes me happy. Um when if you could share just, just one time when, when you reach the level, you know, reach the level that you are at um, in your, you know, in your education, but I'm, I'm sorry for in your employment, what did that feel like? Like, I, like almost like, Clay, was it like, I did this? I'm, I just, I love how you talked about how proud you are. Of proud. I, am, I am so proud and I truly have worked so hard and it's, I'm a kid. So I have a 20 year old lovely daughter and a boy that just turned 18 and if I say things, they're very sensitive. Like, no, oh, that sounds arrogant. Like, I, I don't even know how to present it because I don't think it's arrogant. Like, it is, no. truly, you know, an honor to myself and recognition of how, and it doesn't, it's not comparing me to anybody else or saying that I'm better. I've just worked my ass off and I still do work so hard. And it just feels, it feels freeing and it feels, um, I, I would say mostly freeing and that I have choices. You know, I can make choices that maybe I couldn't, have made before uh, just because of everything that makes up my, my success and my connections and my experience and so many things. No, I think it's, I love how you own it. I think some of us are afraid to, to voice how we're, we're proud. Yeah. And we should. I mean, yeah. we really should. Oh, I call people up and tell them all the time, like, hey, I'm cool. Here's, I was thinking of calling a guy who I love on the 10% Happier podcast and say, hey, I think you're cool. I think you think I'm cool. Like, let's set up a time to talk. So I do yes. that all the time. It's important. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Do we have questions? Yes, we have a comment, Melody, from our dear friend, Lee Huffman. Um, and this is very insightful. He said, I like that you said you work hard and that laws don't get you a job. Young people need to know that they may need to work twice as hard, at least in the beginning. Uh, thank you, Lee. I, I want to say, unfortunately, that is 100% true. So if you're not a hard worker, you're not going anywhere. And if you're blind, it's going to take you longer for everything, even if everything was perfectly accessible, which is pretty much not going to happen. All right. And um, so it you have to work hard and be dedicated and you have to admit if you make a mistake or if something's hard. I mean, even for me, I didn't want to say when like I couldn't do something because I, I you know, I had pride and I wanted to, um, I just didn't want to say I couldn't do something. So now I know how to say, 
if I can't do something. And some of that does come with experience. I don't want to mislead anybody because a lot of times, you know, successful people talk as though it's so easy and it's not easy. Just like Lee said, you have got to be really committed and you also have to seek outside resources and tools and technology. And that's not on your employer. That is on you and they're out there and that takes time to learn and just to improve yourself. Okay, we have another question from our wonderful friend, Libby Thaw. I know that she says when she has met with a financial advisor that they have shown her stuff on screen or paper. Her question is, when you are face-to-face -face meetings, do you use any visual aids for sighted clients? That's a very interesting question. So yes, I do. I, I generally give them an outline that's printed like a Word document that I created the outline and I might've had an assistant to fill it in. And that's the thing that I re referenced that I memorized and I have reports. And if it's just something like super cumbersome and I haven't had time to memorize it, which is rarely the case, but there are times where I will bring in one of my colleagues, like an assistant, I don't really call them assistants, I call them colleagues, but one of my team, and I might say, okay, like Joel, let's show them the pie graph of how the account's done. And Joel knows that it's on page six. I know it's on page six too, but he's kind of the one doing the showing. I generally prefer to avoid the big, you know, 96 page uh, report, but it is also useful. And, and so I just know what's in the report and I've gone through it. And there are also times you guys, again, about shame or embarrassment. I used to, um, well, not be comfortable with the clients. And now I might say, hey, um, you know, why don't you read this piece of the outline to my client? And I think they think it's endearing and they don't mind. And I don't feel any less by engaging them. I don't always do that, but, but I'm happy to do that if I need them to be the reader for some reason. Thank you. That is, I love those. Thanks for sharing that. And I also too struggle with that, Libby. <laughs> Let's, Yes, I'm someone who brought me a pie trough. So, um, yeah. yes. So, with people, Gina, actually, that you're working with that are blind, um, that seek, that do seek, um, you know, financial advice from you. How, do, what's the technology? Do you how you get things accessible for them? Um, there's just not that much accessible. So what I would do is I would make them a Word document, kind of like a summary of their report. And I think there's firms, and I think even mine. I'm not sure that can print things in braille, but the thing about that is, you know, that's a statement that's important, mm -hmm. but it really is gonna be 400 pages. Like nobody's gonna want that. And so, you know, again, do we push for that to say, oh, you, you're obligated to make a braille document? And I think they can do it. I think it's much more important that they make it accessible online and that their websites are accessible, mm -hmm. which they're improving. The Morgan Stanley online website, I think is far from perfect, but I think it's actually quite good. So that's one thing. And then I, of course, would do anything for a blind person if it's have my staff cut the corner on something that the blind person, you know, maybe they were going to use a CCTV and they wanted to hone in on a few pages. I mean, anything they need to do. And I would, I myself could also emboss certain Braille things. Um, so again, again, it, it's going to be a personalized, tailored thing to each person's needs and situations. But if people have financial advisors, they can just ask them to translate certain things into whatever format is easiest for them, like an email or a Word document or Excel spreadsheet, something, whatever is helps you as the client. It'd be good to just have a conversation with your advisor. Thank you. We have a guest today from Russia, 
and they are sending you the warmest greetings, Gina. I'd also like to connect with you if you could give uh, or would like to give your contact information. Oh, yes. So a great way to contact me is, um, and you can maybe put it in the chat, but it's Gina, G-E-N-A dot, as in a period, D is in Diane, period, Harper, my last name, H-A-R-P-E-R, at ms.com, like Morgan Stanley. So Gina with an E, G-E-N-A dot D dot Harper at ms.com. That's the best way to connect with me. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and yeah, that too. How could they reach you on um, Instagram and Facebook? I think it's just at Gina Harper. It's just my name. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, Gina, I just want to say really thank you so much for this, your powerful story, your, your powerful set. And thank you for reminding us all because we do need to change our mindset and we're better together to creating a life of no limits oh, in yeah. any situation we are in if we pull together. So I, I loved how you showed teamwork. Um, <clears throat> you've showed, you know, tenacity, just spunk. And, and we thank you so much for sharing with oh, us and today. Thank you. And thank you to AFB for having such a neat little series. I think it's wonderful. And it's great. Well, we're so glad that you love it and we're so glad you're here. And I hope that everybody has a great rest of their week. And again, you can reach me at mgoodspeed at afb.org if you have any questions. Thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you um, next week. So thank you all. Take care. <laughs>